0: This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Stock up with Bud Light for game days and check out Budweiser's limited edition copper reserve. Please drink responsibly. They're going
1: to run and get that boot. This game's still alive and the Hawks have a first down. Who wants to talk football?
2: It's Ronnie Wingo, number 20. Touchdown, Arkansas. They talk the ball.
0: This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast.
3: I wouldn't call it a blowout because I don't know if I think the score is a little uh, wider of a margin than maybe what the game actually felt like. I'd agree with that, but sixty-six to fifty, well, Arkansas loses. It it looks
0: worse than it probably actually was, but I mean, it was still a decisive win for Florida. I mean, what was it? The last six minutes, Arkansas didn't bother the net. Eight minutes, last eight minutes, Arkansas didn't even even field goal even bother the net on the goal at all now let's just leave the rim alone scoring's overrated right you don't need to score points i mean there's a lot to get into we've had a little bit you know we've had 12 15 hours to marinate in this a little bit since it was an early game yesterday so um and and there's obviously a lot of questions circulating around the team a is that that is that the last time we see this team and this version of the arkansas Razorback basketball team this year is that it I mean obviously they're not going to the NCAA tournament we're talking in Will they get a bid? I I'm, I don't know. I'm 50-50 on that. And there's I think there's other things that have to play out. And then you got the whole conversation. I was listening to Ruskin and Zach yesterday and they were getting a ton of calls about Mike Anderson. And this is also part of the reaction particularly and they had the they had the uh the honor of being on the air following a game. I mean it's always my favorite time to be on the air immediately following, getting the raw, uh, you know, the, the raw naked reaction that people really have following a game like that. And you were getting it both barrels, double dose about Mike Anderson yesterday. And, you know, people, people are not happy. And all of the, all of the fans that are on the, uh, the side of the fence that believe it's time for change, hey, Mike's a nice guy, comma, but... All of those fans have plenty of ammo this morning, mm-hmm. and, and we want to hear from
3: them too. Of course, yeah. We want to hear from all of you, 877-377-6963, because like you said, we've had uh, a long time to let this marinate and uh, trying to figure out exactly where things are at, and it, and it brings up the complicated relationship that Razorback fans have with Mike Anderson, where it, it feels like that it's like a relationship in, in, in a way of sorts, where you wanted a, you had a dream girl, And you were going to do whatever it took to get a date and start dating that dream girl. And you finally got her to accept your date. You go through the dates and things start going off a little rough. But hey, don't worry. It'll get better. And then once it gets a little bit better, then you're like, okay, this is good. But still feel like I'm missing something. And now it's at the point now where in the relationship you're feeling like, you know, this wasn't what I thought it was. Mm -mm. This wasn't going to be as great as I thought it would be. I was hoping, but it just didn't work out. But I still want to be friends. So oh, the
0: dreaded, we still want yes, to be friends. That's
3: the thing. Oh, you have to worst. do it that way. That's how people feel. They want to still well, be friends, it. but they can't. They they just want to say, let's just make this a nice little shake hands. Let's be cordial to each other when we see each other out at the bars, and just let it be. That's how Razorback fans feel right now, at least by and large, about Mike Anderson. Is that let's, let's just be friends? Yeah, man. let's just be friends. All right, we had a good run. It just didn't work out. That's how Razorback fans are feeling right now. And, you know, it's not like yesterday's game is what was the big straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, this nope. this has been going on all season long. I know that they went on a little bit of a winning streak to end the regular season. But let's also be honest, they were playing some pretty bad teams. Correct. So uh, you can't give them way too much credit. But it's just when you see a, a a game like that last yesterday where they score 50 points and they only had eight players play in this game, by the way. Know that they had some injuries with like Keyshawn Embry Simpson, and that that went into play. But it just seemed like you you were playing a very average Florida team, a Florida team that had been hobbling into the SEC tournament, a team that was the eighth seed. Yeah, I mean that's looking like an NIT team, but some people are thinking like they're an NCAA team, but a team that. You probably well, should have beaten. And, of course, Kayvon Allen has to make sure that he goes for yeah, big-time numbers. He goes off
0: when he plays Arkansas. Yeah,
3: average 4.5 points in the past five games, but yet goes for 17 against Arkansas. I mean, that's that's the greatest tradition of all time is Kayvon Allen having a great game against the Arkansas Razorbacks. But that was the thing that was just so frustrating about it is because you felt like, okay, you guys are saying you're playing well. You say you're playing better. You're saying your defense is playing better. You're, say, you're saying all these things. But then when you get into the SEC tournament, knowing what you can play for, knowing what's on the line. It's not like your Vanderbilt where it's just nothing's there. You still can have something. And he kept talking about how you're going to go in pride, and that's the performance you come up
0: with right here? this This game came down to wasn't necessarily Arkansas shooting or lack of free throws. To me, watching this game with you guys, just if it's noticeable, the lack of rebounding, and it shows up on the stat sheet, the lack of second third and fourth efforts Florida got on their offensive end. the extra looks at the basket, the extra possessions because Arkansas once again against a not against a team that's not really a, statistically a great rebounding team in Florida. Arkansas gets crushed on the glass. And to me that's where this whole thing broke down yesterday it was Florida well what was the second chance points? 18 to six, 18 to six. that's a plus 12 advantage in a game you lost by 16 points because Florida continued to get extra extra shots and extra looks at the basket because Arkansas once again decided not to rebound.
3: 19 offensive rebounds for Florida. Oh. 19 offensive rebounds. I mean just do the math on that. Florida went 21 of 55 from the field, all right? So how many missed shots is that? I'm going to try to do this math in my head. I'm going to fail miserably at it, all right? But I'm going to try. 24 missed shots by Florida. 19 of those Florida missed shots, they got the rebound mm-hmm. That's incredible. And
0: that's exactly what was the name of the game is it seemed like Flor- now, Florida only shot 38%. It's not like no. well, you just ran into a bus all today. Yeah, somebody got they hot were from the field 52%. No, they just outworked you. Plain and simple. Not no. How physical hey, you? Even if you were with within 5 or 6 on on not on the offensive glass but just total rebound but uh, that's been the MO all year for this team. And you were telling me, "Hey, Florida's one of the worst rebounding teams in the league." And that's what made it even. And worse. that's what makes this even worse because it's 41-26 Florida's edge on the glass in in total yesterday. Plus 10 on the offensive glass, 19 to 9. <laughs> and they're and they're four Johnson, he got six. Six offensive rebounds. How? Six of his 12. How? How?
3: I I mean, that's that's the... that's the game yesterday. Yes, it is. And possibly the season. Yep. And that's... I even said it after last night. I'm like, you know... I don't know if it's going to be because if you look at the nit bracketology, which I know everybody's just going rushing to the message boards and rushing to the <laughs> internet to try to figure out. But Arkansas has a finding. Right, there is actually a thing called there is a nit thing. bracketology. There is a thing, and apparently it's pretty We're not legitimate. Making it up well, Arkansas as of right now is projected as a six seed in the nit. Now, was that
0: updated any time this month? Yes. Okay. I'm it actually, was. it was updated yesterday. It was <laughs> okay. updated. So I, I'm guessing that they don't have a Joe Lenardi. I'm, I'm guessing someone is not sitting every there hour on the hour, feverishly updating the nit bracket. No, 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 no. I had to make sure that the date was up to date. And what happened was. in that Ohio Valley Conference tournament? I need to know. Oh, jeez.
3: So there you have it, folks. <laughs> but that's where you're at right yep. now. Your people are looking at it and saying, "Oh, okay. Well, you're a projected six seed, which isn't any God guarantees, almighty. but a projected six seed in the nit. Which, well, by the way, it's eight seeds." It's, yeah, get everybody a heads but, up on that
0: you know the nit has changed in the last 10 years particularly last five if you're a conference a regular season conference champion and this happens more more than you think if you're you know the one seed in the regular season going into your conference tournament but you get ousted in your conference tournament and you don't get the ncaa tournament bid you're guaranteed a spot in the nit mm-hmm. and i heard z say in the post game and i I'm just going to take him as... It's right. There's like 12 or 13 of those already. That seems high. But I guess that, that could be that they won their regular season but didn't get their conference tournament bid. 12 or 13 of those already? That that if That, that is not good for Arkansas at yeah. all. But do you even want this team to play in the United Yes, because I, I would like to see Daniel Gafford play some more. He is still a joy to watch. Yeah.
3: I mean, I'm with you because I think more games will at least be... You know, just interesting to see, and who knows, maybe they can get on some type of run and at least be uh, fun to follow a little bit, but I think for, by and large, Razorback fans, they don't don't care. I think a lot of them are just kind of over it. They're like, no, just end it. Just end it. Don't want a consolation prize. Just end it. Get over it. Move on. They don't want to see it again.
0: Is that the right way to feel about it? I mean, I don't don't know. I'm not here to tell people how to feel, but... I don't know what the right way is. What do you... To me, it seems like... I don't know. I see both sides of it. I do too. You know that you're just frustrated. You're tired, and one or two more games is just going to be one or two more of the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so you play. I mean, because right now they're projected to play like this Dayton. Is, so this isn't they, a bubble team that's just going to be on the the outside no. looking in.
3: Oh, and the last thing you want to do is since you're playing Dayton, or this is what you're projected to play. Say if you did, and you have to play them at Dayton because they have the higher seed, and then you lose by 12 points in the first round of the NIT to Dayton. What's that going to do? I like, <laughs> You're just going to be like, wow, okay, Just instead of uh, just taking the knife out, just go back on the other side and put the knife right back in the same spot. It's like, okay, we're done with this. But that's where you're at right now, Razorback fans. With the basketball program, you are a borderline
0: NIT team as of right now. So, Brad wants to know, is there any chance we could play Vanderbilt in the NIT? I, I, I don't think they're going to make it. I don't it. think so. I don't think they're going to make don't, it. As bad as you might think things are here, Brad. Yeah. No.
3: It's worse at Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, too, folks. One <laughs> of the stats that always came out about Mike Anderson is that his team's always finished above where they were projected. They did it again this year. They're projected to finish 10th and finished 9th. Congratulations. There's your silver lining. Is that enough? Is that enough for everybody? Is that enough? Ever- to put everybody in a better mood this morning. Probably not, but we're going Raise talk-
0: an extension, yeah. Raise an extension. Hey, if Jeff
3: Long was here, he'd be throwing buyouts like they were going out of style around this place. That's for sure. Follow the show on Twitter. Add hit that
0: line. Ar, you're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast.
1: Now he does a tightrope act. Boy, Houdini's in the house. We're number three, and nobody's home to watch that house. Touchdown, Ogs. Oh!
3: And you talk about the Razorback basketball team. And, of course, we want your thoughts and opinions. 877-377-6963 on where the Razorback basketball program goes from here. Let's go to the phone lines. Danny's in Russellville. What's going on, Danny?
2: Good morning, guys. Uh, I almost made it to the first half yesterday.
3: <laughs> almost.
2: And then I decided it's more important for me to go to Walmart and get some eggs. I just can't hardly watch, I can't hardly watch it. I don't know if y'all have that same problem, but it's so frustrating. And I just couldn't watch it because once we got up six to eight, I said, okay, here it comes. Boom. Gone. Yeah. The league disappeared quickly. It vanished. And uh, I'm really excited about the baseball team. <laughs> I'm sick of talking about basketball. It looks like Mike's probably won just enough, again, to keep his job and be mediocre, and the football team's trying to get the mediocre. But uh, did you guys happen to see the comment that Dirk Nowinski made last week?
3: I did not, know. Wherein
2: uh, he was talking about the, the younger players. He said he thought a lot of those were just interested in looking good on Twitter and Instagram and such as that. I think our football team had a little bit of that last year. I think we liked looking good in our uniforms such as that, but I don't think you know, they just when you get past looking good, that's it. They they wasn't really bought into it and uh I think uh I hope Chad's got us going in the right direction. I'm really, really sick of basketball. I'm glad so with and I'm really excited about the baseball team. You guys have a good day. Thanks for taking my call.
3: All right, appreciate it, Danny. So I assume by that phone call then that Danny does not feel like they should accept the invitation to the NIT if they are invited, uh, which, again, well, what what would you say it was, Ty, that the announcement if they make the NIT will be at 730, 730 on, on the, on the RFD D, U. D, what on espnu sunday night seven thirty. wow well okay so be sure rf tv it's be, <laughs> on that
0: rural television yeah, network that be comes sure, out of
3: branson be sure to uh, set your dvrs local uh, cable that,
0: access channel being able to check it for out the there
3: nit selection show on espnu <laughs> at seven thirty p.m so
0: uh you know, fox sports 5
3: <laughs> the 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 previous uh, segment we had uh, yeah. a caller call in uh, i believe it's jason in hot springs and asking about if the players were kind of giving up on Mike Anderson, if there was any of that vibe going on. And, you know, Daniel Gafford was actually asked about Mike Anderson and the people that were very critical of Mike yesterday after the game, and here's what he had to say.
2: Mike Anderson, one of the best coaches that, to ever do it there, you know, so I don't really know why people want him gone. I mean, basically, mike got to be greater than the haters, for all I can say, because, I mean, basically is saying that. Basically, I hate him. So, Mike always – I mean, Coach Anderson, he can always silence the
0: haters with what he can do. No, that's it on that one. So, See, and listen, here's my problem with what Daniel's saying there. There's no in-between. You You can't be – Unhappy with the lack of wins, you're a hater. I don't see that to me. That that's what irritates me with with everything. And it's not just with Mike Anderson; it's with every political discussion. Every I mean, you're on one extreme or the other. There's no middle ground with anybody anymore. You're not a hater of Mike Anderson if you're dissatisfied with the lack of winning. If you're ready to move on, that doesn't mean you hate Mike Anderson. You're a hater. That means you have better expectations than seventeen wins on the year and double-digit losses. That doesn't make you a hater. I think that give that means you're someone with higher standards yeah. than what's being produced. Well, I mean, you just got to take. And it And I as know a way that's that's a post-game comment from a what twenty-year-old player. But that that just seems like it's everything in life right now, doesn't it? Well, no matter what you're talking, no matter the discussion. There's no in between. You're you're either all the way in and you're biased, or you're a hater. Yeah, you know.
3: Well, players it themselves. I mean, after a nuts. game like this, that's I mean, that's kind of what you expect. Well, you at least know, they, he had
0: his coaches back.
3: But that's what, and that's the point I was going to make is that you know, it's not like he came out and said you know, oh, I don't care, whatever, I don't talk about that, you know, I ignore that or whatever. I mean, he had a pretty strong. uh stance on exactly how he felt about Mike Anderson and about the people that have been coming out against him so I'm not saying that Daniel Gafford felt the exact same way as the rest of the team and maybe there are some players that may have been unhappy because let's be honest college basketball just given the trend of things you have players transferring out all the time I mean last year you had Darius Hall transfer out of the basketball program I think I'm important in how good he could have been this year if he would have stayed so there's always players that are unhappy with the current situation and a lot of times has to be unhappiness with the coach But the thing is, is that, you you know, you're this is where it goes back to this complicated relationship that Razorback fans have with Mike Anderson. I I mean, it just because you have so much history with him. You have a history and tradition with him where he chose you. He chose to come back here after he had a really going at Missouri. He had a team that was built for a final four run that he left to come and take over a program that was in disarray. I mean, we all know the history of Mike Anderson. We all know what he gave up and how much he means to Arkansas, how much he loves Arkansas. This is his dream job. Everyone understands that. But you're at the point in time now where you start wondering if it's ever going to get better because next year, folks, it's not going to be better. I know that people were coming out and saying that, you know, maybe with this guy develops and they're able to add this, it's not going to be better. Even if you have some guys develop, you you had an NBA player on your team this past year, and next year you're not going to have an NBA player on your team. There's your difference right there. So is it really going to be any better? No. And then you look at even beyond that. What about the next year? What about the next year when you lose a couple of seniors? What about your recruiting class? How's that looking up? How's the in-state recruiting? Are they looking at you? Because from what I understand, at least in the next couple of years, the high-end, major, talented players coming out of this state – aren't really looking at arkansas right now. Now things can change. But it's not just about this season, it's about the future. It's about what the program's going to be in the next couple of years and ever I feel like every single time that mike's back was against the wall, you could at least point to something of why he's going to bounce back. Because of players that were coming in and you just don't have that right now. You don't have anything that you can point to and say this is why it's going to get better. Because the only thing that you can convince yourself is just by saying, nah, development's going to come into play. They're going to develop some of these guys. Okay, that's fine. Even if they get great development, even if they really take those next steps, you're still not going to be a better team next year. And that's what it comes down to. And, and the like, can you imagine how, how not excited people are going to be once the next season comes around and, and the football team's going on? And you're going into the season, it's like, all right, What do we got? Well, Isaiah Joe's returning. Great. Isaiah Joe's great. And Mason Jones, you know, he's had some games. Okay, cool. But no one else. There's no one else that really excites you about this basketball team right now. And that's the problem that's coming into play with Mike Anderson. It's not about what he's done in the past. I know that that's what people will bring up. But it's about the future, too. And it's about your forecast of what this program is going to look like. And it's just not going to get any better right now.
0: I think here's one of the other things. And again, we talk about the cumulative effect of, of eight seasons. Arkansas just perhaps completed their eighth season, but but this fact here is, is going, not going to change regardless. Out of the eight years, Mike's had double-digit losses in seven of them. Only one time has he lost less than ten games. And in order to be an, a team that's going to be Truly worthy of a sweet 16. Not having to pull an upset to get there. Get a seed high enough to where you're not having to constantly beat someone. And the year they did that was 14-15. They went 27-9. and nine. And that was the year they lost to North Carolina in what's called the third round. You know, it didn't get to the second weekend, but now the third round of the NCAA tournament. Um, that was the best season record-wise. I think that's the frustrating part with a lot of fans is it's another season with more of the same. And it's double-digit losses once again. And I think in order to ever get there, you're going to have to find a way to to have teams that are losing. You know, I'm not saying go, uh, you know, 29 and five on the year, but you can't be going. Obviously, what 17 and 15 is it now? Mm-hmm. 16, whatever it is. Yeah, 17 and 15. Yeah. and it's not going to be better
3: next year. Like what? What? What can you point to next year that says this is why the team will be better? Because Gafford's gone, like, he is gone. What can you point to? There's nothing there, and so you you go 17 and 15 next year, you are looking at a losing record. I mean, you are looking at it dead in the face, and that's the decision that Hunter Yercheck and the administration is going to have to come to. Is that they got to figure out okay. Do we cut ties now
0: cuz it well, doesn't I mean, look better or do it, we just wait it out and see how it goes? Is it going to get dramatically better? Is it go- Okay, you say, "Well, he's done it here before." Well, no, it really it hadn't been done here before under Mike. Not under not, not in the last 8 seasons. What what, I mean, what are you saying has not been done? What everyone's trying to achieve, get to the Sweet 16, get get the program back to a level where it's consistently in the postseason. It's been only thing consistent is losing twelve to fifteen, eighteen ball games a year. One year they was sixteen and sixteen in that stretch. It's the inconsistencies that's frustrating everybody. Yep. I mean, I don't think most fans out there are demanding final fours and national championships or you're gone. But be a consistent player, four out of five, or uh, quit finishing ninth and tenth in the league. It's just frustrating to people because this program is better than that. But right now, it's not. I mean, I was making the case a month or so ago that, hey, it's still historically, not currently, but historically, one of the best five basketball programs in the league. Finishes like this doesn't help that argument. No. Getting bounced out
3: that early in the SEC tournament against a very average Florida team, that's yeah. when you have an NBA player on your roster, that's Letting not Kaylon ideal. Letting
0: Allen punch again subscribe to hit that line on itunes you're listening to the bud light morning rush podcast
1: give to alex collins straight up the middle and collins on the run they won't catch him alex collins is going to take it all the way to the house
0: touchdown arkansas 80 yards let's go to
3: the phone lines as you we welcome in former razorback pitcher scott Tabor, who joins us talk a little razorback baseball coming up this weekend good morning scott how you doing
1: Good morning. Didn't sleep a wink last night. Well, had, a dream I was, had a dream I was starting tonight. <laughs> I was about to say, so it's like, was,
0: it a good, was it a nightmare or a
1: dream? I mean, well, it started off good until I hit the mound, and then things kind of went to crap. So. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, that's the thing. Is It's almost like Christmas for a lot of cases and a former baseball player. It's SEC play starting up this weekend, a home series against Missouri. It, I, this is when it really comes down to the nitty-gritty. I know you had some solid games here and there in the non-conference, but once SEC plays, it's like it's a whole different season now.
1: Well, the uh, the looking around season, the trying out season, the let's see what happens if we throw this guy's season, all that's all that's gone. You know, I think I think Coach Van Horn has found out what he needs to find out about this team, uh, and and the good things that have happened. And we talked about it before. You know, the, the three three amigos weren't hitting very well. Well, they've heated up a little bit. You know, so they're up now on the top of the top of the team yeah. as far as batting average.
0: When it comes to pitching, Arkansas is really leaning heavy and and you know going with Isaiah Campbell on Fridays. At times, he looks like he is a real pro prospect and and ready to go and got some major league stuff. He's he's had some inconsistencies. What have you seen the last few outings from Isaiah?
1: I think he's coming around to where you want him to be. I mean, he has established himself as the Friday guy, the guy that you want to put up against their stud, whoever that stud is going to be. Uh, and, and I also read an article that they're going to, to flip flop their Friday and Saturday starters. So that there doesn't there isn't going to be that great matchup tonight with uh with Campbell. So it I think he's where exactly where he wants to be. You know, three point oh nine ERA, uh his strikeout to walk ratio is off the charts, thirty three to three, that's fantastic. So I think he can take control of the game and, and set the set the tone for the whole weekend.
0: And you mentioned changing around. By the way, Missouri gonna start three lefties this weekend is what they have in the in the notes and uh goes tonight a two point nine one ERA for Missouri. Uh, the guy tomorrow, and I hope I'm saying this right, Sakima. Uh zero point four six ERA. So you talk about flipping those guys around. Uh they're going at least statistically with a better guy on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and I think what their coach is trying to do is trying to keep from from getting swept. They need to take at least one out of three. Coming here to play is always tough and nobody wants to come in and get swept. You don't want to start oh and three in conference play, it just put you behind the eight ball immediately. And so he he's trying to play the odds a little bit, you know. Not giving up on tonight because they're the guy that they're throwing tonight is a very very good pitcher, yeah. but playing the odds a little bit to where it doesn't turn into a one court hit in the ninth inning uh, or wind blown f- f- pop fly or just an error somewhere to give up one stupid run uh, and lose the game one to nothing against Campbell. So he's trying to play in the odds and try to pick one up to pick up an
3: easy one. Speaking with Scott Tabor, former Razorback pitcher, right now on the Morning Rush. Scott, you mentioned the strikeout to walk ratio of Isaiah Campbell. The team itself for Arkansas is doing a really good job with a 4.07 strikeout to walk ratio that ranks 6th nationally. How impressed have you been by a stat like that and by the pitching staff cuz that's really been the biggest question going into this season was just how we're, how the pitchers going to handle it. Seems like they're doing a pretty good job at least with a stat like that.
1: Well, that's a question that goes into every, you know, starts every season. If your pitchers aren't throwing strikes, it just it makes for a tough season. Uh, I think that that's something that that they have. They just, I'm sure he drills into them every day. But the pitchers actually have to perform, so they're putting in their work and they're working hard in the bullpen, doing all their drills, listening to their coach, and, and they obviously have talent. You know, if, if you go to the University of Arkansas as a pitcher, you're going to have great velocity and you're going to have some stuff in the tank. So they're all starting to live up the expe- expectations. And the young guys, I think that's the biggest surprise. The, the freshman arms that have come in, they've shown that they've got what they were brought here to do, and they, they've got some good stuff. Yeah.
0: I know we're talking Missouri this weekend, but before we get to visit again, this team's going to travel to Texas and take on the Longhorns. I know that's special to you. Uh, it was always the big weekend, the big series when when you played, um, and, and for so many years in the Southwest Conference. I know a lot of people, and, and you in particular, Scott, it will bring back some memories next week when Arkansas takes on Texas again. And uh, They did this last year, now they return the trip down to, down to Austin
1: yeah it should be a fantastic series i wish i could could take off work and go down there that'd be a be a blast just to go back to austin uh it does bring up a lot of old memories in fact them flip-flopping their, their friday and saturday starters uh when uh, clements was there instead of having uh, gershson instead of having clements and i face off and possibly have a a one-run messed up loss uh, he flip-flopped him through his number 3 starter against me so it and they needed to win two out of 3 and they they did uh but it was a uh, you know, that was quite a I felt like it was quite a compliment. I always tell Clemens, I said, You dodged me. You know, I can't believe that you would do that. <laughs> he was
0: afraid of you.
1: He was scared. Yeah. The boy was scared. <laughs> he had nothing to fear. <laughs> uh, but I, but it is, I would love to see it. And and I tell you, just the way the team is, is shaping up, uh gosh, I don't know if you could have a better scenario going into going into conference play. Yeah. Your pitches are all throwing well, you don't have anybody that you are just guessing. I think Nolan will be the biggest question mark right now, in my mind, on the, the starting rotation. But you're so strong through the bullpen. Uh, you have so many guys that are coming out. And I'm still a big believer in Cole Ramage. He's my, he's my guy. You know, he's 3-0 and in 12 innings. Only has 12 innings pitch, but he pitches at the right time. Uh, but he comes in and he does his job. I mean, he's just kind of the, the silent assassin. He hasn't given up an earned run yet this year. And I think that's going to be, be a, a key, key role for him as the season goes on.
3: Now, Scott, you mentioned about how Missouri this weekend is flip-flopping their Friday-Saturday pitchers. It feels like there's, there's this happens in baseball uh, on some occasions because you just mentioned it uh, back when you played as well. Uh, what's the advantage there for, like, Missouri coming in this weekend? Is it just trying to see how it goes the first game and making sure you have your ace for the second game? Just what's the mindset and the mentality of that type of move for Missouri this weekend?
1: Well, all of that on the coach's end of it. Like I said, he is trying, I believe, I don't know the guy, but but it looks like he's trying to make sure he doesn't get swept. Uh, He's trying to try to set his his team up for the best chance of at least taking one out of here, which is not always easy to do. Uh, As a pitcher going in, you know, the pitchers, everybody goes, well, it's this guy, this pitcher against this pitcher. Well, like in my day, it wasn't me against Clemens. It was me against the Texas hitters. It didn't matter who was throwing on the other side. I still had to go out and pitch against their hitters and and. If, uh, if our pitchers go in with that mindset, there won't be any problem because the other guy, you know, you like to go in and, and say you're going to throw a shutout every time you go out. and That's the mindset that you have to have. I think he's just trying to make sure he tries to, to put himself in a position to pick up at least one win this weekend. And this is so one of I the rare – going
0: yeah, Dave was talking earlier this week. There was uh, – in one of the baseball polls, and there's multiple polls, but there was like a record – Ten SEC teams ranked in the top twenty-five. This is really one of the rare weekends you're going to get an unranked team in conference play coming uh, a up on your schedule, but b to your stadium. And Missouri, right now on on the game notes, not ranked. Uh, and Arkansas ranked tenth. So uh, this is also a rarity when playing in SEC play is to get a team that's not in the top twenty-five.
1: Yeah, but don't sleep on Missouri. No, I mean, I mean they're, they're trying to get in a, the top twenty-five. Four or five and, guys. Hmm. They've got four or five guys that are hitting over three forty. You know, and they got some pitchers that are their ERAs two and under. You know, under everybody's under three, it seems like. So they've got good quality arms. They've got good quality sticks, and they're always tough. It just seems like they always play as tough. Uh, the fact they're coming in here, though, uh, and it's an open weekend. You know, I, I think that's what he's making the shuffle of the pitching rotation for. And I think that's about the only reason I can see that. It would have been fantastic to see your two two best guys going at it under the lights on Friday night. Uh, I think he just wants to avoid that. But it should be a great weekend. I think it'll be great for the fans. I think t- tomorrow's a 2 o'clock start, and uh, the weather's supposed to be a little bit warmer, which will be great. It uh, should have a huge turnout.
3: Scott, just as from what you've been able to watch this season, which player has really stood out to you? Which guy has really been the guy that you're like, wow, I- I'm really impressed by the way he's playing right now?
1: <laughs> you mean for the pitchers or for the regular players? Just, at any, <laughs> just give me both. All above? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's really a lot. Uh, I love Christian Franklin. I love the energy he brings and the fact that he brings uh, not only has he turned out to be a great stick. I think he's hit 356 or so, mm-hmm. uh, but he's a fantastic in the field and that's what they really wanted to play him. Or his early playing time was coming from his fielding abilities and his speed. He's got some fantastic speed, but he's showing he can really handle the stick. Uh, I think Christian Franklin. And you always see new guys. New guys always intrigue you. You know Kerstät. You love to watch him hit, but. Martin the same way, but we saw that all last year, so we expect that. Uh, but Christian Franklin, I'm a big, I'm I'm really high on him as a player. And then there's a whole list of, of pitchers that I think have just done a fantastic job.
3: Scott, before I let you get out of here, though, I, I do have to ask you this: that last weekend when Arkansas uh, was playing, I believe, is Louisiana Tech, they had a, an almost bench-clearing brawl. Now it didn't get really escalated; you just had some words being had when the, you had a situation there. I just wanted to ask if you, Scott Taver. Has ever been involved in any sort of altercation on the baseball diamond to where it almost came to blows at Arkansas?
1: Well, not at Arkansas. No, no, no. I take that back. Yeah, the last my last game against uh, against Texas, their uh, their catcher, who was an automatic double play play ball for me, uh, came up and there's a guy on first and second, and he leaned out over the plate and stuck his elbow out. It was a strike. Stuck his elbow out, hit him on the elbow, and the umpire gave him first base. I lost my mind. I had never lost my mind. I ran to the umpire, and Coach Brian got between me and the umpire, and he's screaming, and I'm screaming, and the catcher's screaming. And uh, it got kind of ugly, and then it came back out, and I was so mad. that The next pitch, I hit their guy. I said, you want to get hit by a pitch? Well, I hit their first baseman right in the neck. with the a <laughs> fastball. Yeah, uh-huh. things, things with the load bases loaded, so. with the bases loaded, yeah, I kind of lost my kind of lost my mind on that one. Uh, well. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a friend of mine. I played against him for three years, and we just kind of got to know each other. And it keeps running down to first, looking at me, jogging down to first, looking at me, like, "What was that for?" I, you know, can't thank, take him back. Thank
0: you for the can't run. Yeah,
1: can't take him back.
0: Yeah, so, him
3: back. yeah that's, that's that's what I wanted to know because I always am curious about how those yep. things escalate. But I'm glad to know that you were involved, especially because well, it, it was Texas too.
1: In college, in college it doesn't happen as much as it does in pro ball. Right. You know, and uh, and in college, and I think the other day, really, really did get out of hand. You should be allowed to be able to come up and in a little bit, but they're so strict on the the whole rules. Now, up and in versus throwing at somebody's head are two different things. I think the umpire kind of set that whole thing in motion and thought he was a hockey ref or
0: something. I well, I mean, it was the fourth-hit batter. Arkansas had hit three other batters prior to that, and then you, you just had a pretty good <laughs> so offensive play before that, and then you had, a, you had a home run. You had a home run in the previous at-bat, and then you hit a guy in the head on the next pitch. It didn't look.
1: You know, the guy's a freshman. Just, it just got away it from it him It slipped. As, as Ricky Vaughn it said, just, it slipped. It slipped. It just slipped.
3: <laughs> Simple as that. Scott Tabor, former Razorback pitcher. Always appreciate you joining us, Scott. Great you stuff, bet. man. Have a great weekend. We'll catch great. you with you on Friday.
1: You guys have a good weekend. You as well. Go Hogs.
0: Your number one source of local news and information you need. Like the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast? Check out the Halftime Pod at hitthatline.com.